Hello, everyone. I want to welcome you to Rural Compassion's very first ever podcast. We're very excited about this. We're going to call it our Rural Minute. The ideal and principle behind this will be just to give you guys short stories, short interviews about what's happening in other communities around the country. Some exciting things are happening, the way that churches are getting plugged into their community in unique ways, and we just want to share those with you. And so this is what this series, this podcast will be about just giving you guys some insight to what others are doing in their community that's worked and worked well. And actually, we're here with a co-worker, Greg Cogrove. He's going to be our interviewee today. Craig's nickname is actually President of Bus Number 7. Pretty unique story. We're going to tell you more about that in just a second. But we're going to start by welcoming Pastor to the, to the podcast here. Excited to be here, Brent. Excited to be here. Well, now, Greg, how long have you been the staff with Rural Compassion now? Uh, about two and a half years. Very cool. And we got some exciting news recently. Tell us about that. Uh, the fact that I just got... Uh, a, I'm now a full-time uh, missionary. Yeah. We had a big party celebrating Greg's accomplishment of being a fully appointed missionary with Rural Compassion. We're so excited to have him as part of the team. He's a huge asset with us. Before Rural Compassion, though, Greg was a pastor in... Cordon. Cordon. Cordon Assembly. And so he's got some unique stories. He's actually, I hear, Greg, you're a pastor of a church of four to 5,000 people. What's that all about? You know, everything for me changed, and just coming on board with Rural Compassion has been a, a, a pretty slick deal because the things that we're talking about were things that I actually got to do in a rural community. And, um, you know, I, I, when I went to school, uh, one of the things they teach you in school really well is how to pastor a church. But I didn't know that I was um, as equipped to pastor my community. And so I would go to district council and people would often ask, you know, how big is your church and stuff? And you'd always kind of hang your head and <laughs> say, well, it was 75 to 100, which was in a small community. That's a that's a good sized church. But everything changed for me probably two, three years into the pastoring of a rural community, the day that I realized that I was pastoring a church between four and 5,000. Now, I don't know that we ever had 5,000 people under the same roof, <laughs> but I always had four, and that was my wife, myself, and my two children. We had 5,000 people in our whole county. And, uh, and that's when I realized I'm actually pastoring a church between four and 5,000. And, uh, and, and when you start to think about pastoring your community rather than just pastoring your church, uh, your day looks different. <laughs> How's that? Well, it looks different in the sense that you're making connections in your community. You're, you're, you, you go to the local uh, diner and you sit there and talk with your farmers and you com- converse with them and, and uh, you know, you, you look for those opportunities. It's not one of those things that you're sitting in your office just preparing things for this or that. You're, you're, you're engaged in the community. Yeah. And we know that we know that pastors wear a lot of hats. You're the pastor. You're oftentimes a janitor. You're the electrician, the resident handyman. But I hear you wore a lot more hats than that. Why don't you tell us about some of that different hats you wore in in the community? I was very very fortunate to kind of get to live out not just the dream of pastoring, but as a kid, I always wanted to be a 
uh, involved in sports and I saw myself, you know, as uh, you know, the, the the third baseman for 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 my favorite <laughs> baseball team, or so. And so I always had a passion for for sports. And one of the unique opportunities in being in a rural community is there's sometimes uh, positions that are available that that they can't fill that that your your skill set and your passions get to fill. And one of those for me was coaching. And I was so fortunate to get to coach um, baseball the, at the, in the public school for five years. And wow. I coached uh, high school golf and pastored Man. at the same time. Uh, for, I did that for 10 years. They paid me to golf. <laughs> they paid you to golf. They paid me to golf. So How that was sweet good, is that? That was really sweet. Now, I don't know if we can really call that community outreach. But. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what was neat about that, though, is how many of those kids that I actually did, you know, coach them in golf, how many of them I'm still engaged with wow. even today. I've done their weddings. I have uh, been involved in family things wow. with them. And then I also coached high school basketball for a few years. And then another thing I did was I had a, this is going to sound really strange, but I had a, I had an, always had an interest in, um, in helping people with their uh, income taxes. So I did uh, 100 free Lord income taxes. You. Exactly. I did 100 free income tax returns for, <laughs> you know, for people oh my uh, word. every single year. So I had a lot of friends going that route as well. Wow. So Not only if they were tithe payers, right? <laughs> <laughs> for me. <laughs> exactly. Oh, me. my goodness. Well, now, how did that, how did that relate to your church? I mean, the way is your, your church's reputation in the town? Well, what, what was, uh, you know, for me, it was a fact, and for our church was the fact that um, all of our people could could go out in the community and and if they said they were at the Assembly of God Church, they 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 oh that's where Pastor Greg is you know and no oh, we love Pastor Greg and and so it gave credibility it okay. uh, you know and then just uh, being involved in all the different things from the public school um, city hall um, fire department police department it, it, just knowing right everyone in the pulse of your community right um and i what we're talking about today and if i had a, something to 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 label this as it would be um you know whatever you're doing own it right right and um I, that's to me when you're involved in the community that's what you're doing you're you're owning where you're at owning your community right. so pastor greg owned the town basically so that's where we understand the principle of your four to five thousand, because that was your congregation, that was your kids, that was your people. Mm-hmm. Wow, what impressive, what impressive way to look at it. Now, this president of bus number seven—that's a proud title for you. How did how did this come about? Well, after I, uh, of course, also when I when I coached high school uh, basketball and high school sports, um, you know, there we I recognized in a small town that they were always struggling to get a bus driver to drive these uh, routes, <laughs> so I went and got my CDL and uh, and you know and drove the bus. Oh my word! For All so, right, hang so, on a second. So you're pastoring, you're the baseball coach. You're the golf coach, and now you're a bus driver. I mostly for <laughs> not. I, I didn't do a route. Right, usually. right. I, that was usually for activities. Oh and my stuff. goodness! But when we left, um, we actually left Corden about four and a half, five years ago. One of the saddest days of my life, honestly. And uh, um, they, um, 
when we left there, we moved to, to the Springfield area so my wife could get her degree uh, at the Assembly of God Theological Seminary. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a job here and there and a little everywhere. Our, our son was involved in, in church activities and stuff. And uh, so I actually, I, since I had my CDL, I went and applied and got a job <laughs> at Ozark uh, School District to drive a bus wow. and took on a route and it was just kind of a struggle. Well, so kind of the way that this whole story unfolds is uh, a little bit into that, I was uh, an interim pastor at a church outside of Springfield for a little bit. So there was a little bit of income. My wife is getting closer to her degree. And um, and to, to, to kind of put this together with the owning it thing is, is kind of where this story goes. Uh, one day I was uh, as I got an email from a guy here in Springfield who was a coach of my son's, and he actually is the vice president of IBM. Wow! <laughs> and of course, his email no his email said, "Dear Greg, he asked a question, had to have something, and he signs his uh, he signed it um, his email John in his last name, vice president of IBM." <laughs> And I'm looking at that for probably three minutes, and I am just beating myself up going, man, this guy is successful. He's all over the world. He's making multi-millions of dollars. He lives in a big house. And man, I'm not even doing anything with my life. I've got nothing going and all these things. And, And about three minutes later, it dawns on me, wait a minute. If I wasn't where I am doing what I'm doing right now, then... There were about two or three kids that ended up getting saved on my bus. There were wow. some there were some uh, bus drivers that I had had major impact on their life as well, oh, and my. still do. And uh, to this day, I still a uh, substitute bus drive for Ozark just because it's a great place wow. to go to connect with with people. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. um, and uh, and so three minutes into that, you know, and, and a little bit of coaxing from the Holy Spirit, I uh, I finally wrote. John back in his email, and I said, "Dear John," and I answered his question. And at the bottom, I signed my email: Greg Holgrove, President, Bus Number Seven. <laughs> you might be the vice president of IBM, but I, I am the president of Bus Number Seven. <laughs> there you go. And you know, the whole thought there again is, uh, whatever you do, Colossians three twenty three, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, and not for man. And I think, uh, as I looked around into rural pastors, rural communities, what I often see is is people that uh, they labor, but they always wish they were somewhere else, bigger yeah. church, bigger this, bigger that. And um, and I, I'm just I, I just believe in the whole the whole uh, thought of of be fully where you are, because yeah. when you're fully where you are, God will open up doors that 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 are phenomenal. That's right. So I'm into that. Wow. President Bus Number Seven. Well, it has been an honor to sit here and talk with President Bus Number Seven. And just the whole idea about owning where you're at, and the grass is not always greener on the other side, but um, God has put you where you're at for a reason. Why not flourish in that? Why not own the town? Why not take take the bus routes? Why not take the coaching? Why not talk to the teachers? God has multiple opportunities for where you're at. And thanks for sharing that with us, Greg, and thanks for challenging us with that. And we're so thankful you're part of Rural Compassion, part of the staff. And so 
there you have it, folks. Wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, own the town from President Bus Number 7.